Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Malachi 3, when we talk about tithing and giving our first fruits, later on down, after he says, I'll open up the windows of heaven, it says, and I'll rebuke the devourer. So that means it doesn't mean things, bad things aren't going to happen. Doesn't mean the transmission's not going to go out. Doesn't mean struggles aren't going to happen. But he he makes a way to fix that problem in that situation. Amen. And so that's a miracle. What a what a big miracle. Amen. And I want to read just a couple testimonies. We got a couple from the church here, and we've got a, a really fantastic one in our fellowship of one of our pastors in um, Denver in Colorado that uh, was. I'm going to read it just straight from 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 his from his words says, about a month before this fast, and by the way, uh, the fast ended yesterday, and I want to thank everyone that, that participated. I don't know who did and who didn't, but I believe everybody did because we've seen the fruit, and I, and I believe that uh, it was just powerful for everybody. And we're going to continue to see testimonies continually all year long. So this pastor in our fellowship went in um, to get a doctor's test, and they found a spot on his liver. And so he went in to do blood work, and the doctors told him that he had cirrhosis. We know that's really serious. And so they asked him to go to to a specialist, and a week later he went to the specialist and was told he was in the end stages of liver disease and was most likely going to need a transplant. So he says, my wife and I reached out to the Springs Church for prayer and our fellowship, and they ended up doing more blood work, and I felt that I should go visit the Brighton Church. It's nice to have friends, amen? And so he asked for prayer there, and that's a close church to to where he's at. And right after the prayer, he said, my stomach felt like it was on fire. For three to four days later, I got a call from the specialist. He told me something's wrong with the blood test. He said, everything looks normal. I told him it was because of the power of prayer. He acted like he didn't hear me, so I said it again. Sorry, it just changed on me. He acted like he didn't hear me, so I said it again. He told me he wanted to do a liver biopsy to see what's going on. I I said, I told him, you can do it, but you're not going to find anything. So he did the liver biopsy, and Tuesday I got those results back, and guess what? I have absolutely no sign of cirrhosis or liver disease. Man. Amen. Somebody say, that's a miracle. That's the God we serve. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. What, there's no other way. The doctor said something's wrong, and that what was wrong was the doctor's report. Amen. And I want to I give a couple of, I'm not sure if she's here. I can't see everybody today who's here and who's not, but I'm just going to read it anyways. I have a couple that I was going to share last week, really cool testimonies. Um, one is Tony, if you know who Tony is. Um, she says, I have a testimony. I was worrying if I'd have enough gas to make it until I got some money. I've been praying about my finances for a while now. Well, the money I was waiting for on Monday came early today on Friday. That's a good thing. I'm going to like money early instead of late. So now I don't have to worry if I can make it to church or to work next week. And I'll tell you something else. God sent me to stop at my uncle's house, and there just so happened to be a lady there asking for prayer. I mean, nothing's by coincidence. 
says she threw the drugs that she had in her hand down. And I started to pray over her and told her no more and that God will bring her through. I left a church card with her and anyways to tie that and the money together, I got more money than it told me I was going to get. And I had gotten the email before I went to my uncle's house, but I hadn't checked it until after I prayed for her. Praise God, it was enough to pay off everything I was behind on and get things back on track I was needing. Thank you, Lord. He's truly in my heart, my mind, and my soul. I love him. Amen? Praise God. Wonderful. And there's a great mixture of being committed to church, being, being in the house, wanting to be there, being a faithful tither and giving her money, and then witnessing. You do those three things right there, you can't lose. Amen? Those, that's the key to success right there, is to keep those things first and foremost. I don't know if this couple's here either, Juan and Priscilla. They're a newer couple. Uh, they started coming, I think, just a few months ago, and this is a really cool testimony. Um, she says, hello, I spoke with you on Sunday, and that's, that's how new they are. I was just getting to know them, about our answer to prayer and how we ended up at VWO. I'd been praying for a church and heard nothing. Let me know how that is. So one night I prayed, and I said, God, if you have somebody invite us to their church, that's the church we're supposed to go to. And so the next day we happened to be. How many know there's no happens to be? We happened to be in Denton on the square. And we walked by a group of people, but one of the guys who we now know is Pastor John ran down the sidewalk after us, handed Juan a flyer to VWO and invited us. VWO is an answer to my family's prayers. Just like the verse states, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, and above all we ever ask and think. We love our VWO family. Amen. Isn't that precious? Beautiful. Amen. Beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Amen. How many know we're all here because someone invited us? Amen. I want to talk this morning about goals. I didn't know if we were going to be able to get this in, so this is the day we're going to pray over our goals. We've been busy with a lot of other things, and so goals for 2023, I hope you brought them, hope you wrote them down, hope you got something in your, in, your, in your hand that we can pray over tonight or this afternoon, but if you don't, you can always do them later, but we're going to give, I'm going to give you a message about it. How many are thankful for this fast that we just got done on? Amen? Do we have the background? Nothing coming up? No worries. It's not that, not that big of a deal. It just says goals. But I'm, I'm super excited um, to see what is going to come. Like I said, we've already seen so many miracles, but I'm excited about what's coming. How many are looking forward to the future? Amen. And so one of the things I was thinking about is I want to teach you some things this morning because yesterday we had a meeting with the pastors in the, in the Metroplex area, the new pastors. We're trying to, get them, trying to get with them. Me and Pastor Mario met yesterday with all the pastors every month to try to keep them encouraged and stay stay uh, involved with them. And so we all met together in Louisville and kind of a central point. And I was telling them that one of the most important things about serving God is that we cannot miss the, the aspect of the supernatural. Amen? As we start to talk about goals this morning, and I'm going to kind of mention this in the middle, I want you to think that goals are something we write down. Goals are something we put down on paper. Goals are something we're thinking of that we want to see done. And there's a lot of things we do in that, a lot of involvement on us. A lot of you in here today are very organized. A lot of you are very, uh, you know, cross the T's and dot the I's, and you've got everything planned out, and, you're, and that is wonderful. 
But what we cannot get away from serving God is the aspect and the realm of the supernatural, where God steps in and does what we cannot do. And we were just talking about, for example, about buildings and when to go get a building and when to look for a building and, and just different pastoral things about churches. And, and, and we were just talking about you, no matter what you do, you're going to look at papers and you're going to see numbers and you're going to see things that you should do and you shouldn't do. But there's always has to be a supernatural aspect to our faith, amen, where it's beyond our own power. And so with your goals, I hope and pray you have some on there that are not attainable by you. Something that gives God room to move. If all those goals are things that you can do, that's great. But I hope you put some on there that, that are out of your reach. Pastor Jones used to say, if you, if you reach for the stars, you won't come up with a fistful of mud. And so if we're reaching high, I heard somebody during this fast, uh, and I remember you remember me saying this, if you're coming in this fast and you're saying, I'm going to do 21 days, and you've never fasted, you're going to have a hard time doing 21 days. But I know that somebody that, that I heard, I'm not going to say names or anything, somebody did the first seven days just water. That's pretty powerful, amen? I didn't do that. I can tell you that. Pretty powerful. And so I don't know what their goal was, but when you have a goal, it's something you're aiming for. If you don't have goals, you're just throwing a dart in the air. You're just swinging your fists in the air. You're just doing things, but no, not, you're not trying to hit anything. So goals are very important because you have to have something that you're aiming at. And so with this fast, if you look back on it, this should be a good measure of your walk with the Lord. What are some of the things that you said you were going to do that you did? Maybe there are some things you said you were going to do that you didn't do. I, I know for myself, I'm very proud of myself that the, ex, the things that I said I was going to do, and I'm not saying this to brag, I'm just thankful that I was able to finish it until midnight last night or this morning, actually. I did the th three very important things outside of other things that I said I was going to do. How many are thankful you can look back and say, I finished? Doesn't it feel good to finish something? Doesn't it feel good to stick with what you said you were going to do and be accountable to God? And now, now we get to watch what God's going to do. We've done what we can do, and now we're going to watch what God can do. So I want to give you some steps. And we're going to start off in the book of Habakkuk. Say, say, everybody say Habakkuk. Nice. Now, I hope, you hope, some of you are going to be glad that it's going to be on the screen because if you try to find it in your Bible, it's not, it's not easy to find unless you have an app. But I want to talk about this, this powerful verse here and a couple verses in Habakkuk that says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see if he will say to me, and how many know that God wants to speak to us? We're listening. We're waiting to hear his voice. And watch, I want to leave this verse up for a second. and says, what I will answer when I am corrected. You know, correction is part of our life. I believe that correction happened during this fast. In our lives, there was correction. Part of the discipline, God was speaking things to you. He was, there may be some things that you fasted that God says, keep on fasting that. You don't need to do that again. You don't need to go back to that. But there's a correction thing, and how many know that correction is not fun? But it's important. And, and when somebody corrects you or God corrects you or a person corrects you or correction comes to your life, you have, it's, it's not so much about the, acts, the act that you did to get corrected on, it's how you react to the correction. How many know that's the most important thing? If you don't react to the correction, right, then, the, then what you did wrong don't matter in the first place because you're never going to fix it. 
But if you take that correction and react the right way, God is in that. And he's saying that here. And this is an important thing I think is interesting in the beginning of of this story. So we go on to verse 2 and it says, uh, next verse. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. This is why we do goals. Write the vision. I forgot to say this that I said in the first service. The reason I do goals and the reason I believe in them is 10 or 12 years ago, I was able to meet uh, a good friend of mine who was a self-made millionaire. And he had a business that I worked for for one year when we were at the very first building. It was a tremendous blessing to me. And I learned a lot of business principles. How many know a lot of business principles transfer over to our walk with God? Just principles, principles of life. And one of the things that I had never done in my life that he taught me was to, take, to make goals. I had never done it. And, and, I, and I'd seen God do a lot of great things in my life, but I had never written down things that I wanted to see God do. And so maybe you're here today and you've been doing this for as many years as we've been doing it. Maybe you've done it a few times. Maybe you've never done it. But I want to challenge you to do this because this is a challenge. It's just like the fast. This is the follow-up to the fast. Now you, you've seen that you can fast. Now write some goals down. Write some things that you want to see happen this year that, that didn't happen before. And, and one of the things that I do every year, how many know there's some things you're going to have on your goals that are, that are never going to go away? They're, you know, some, some you're like, okay, check, I did that. But there's other things like this, for example, is every year I say I want to be a better uh, fa- father. Every year I say I want to be a better husband. Every year I, on my goals it says I want to be a better pastor and a better leader. We don't ever arrive at those things, no matter how good or bad we are at something. How many know we can get 1% better? When I was coaching, we would tell the kids, get 1% better every day. Like, don't stay the same. Get a little bit better. How many would rather want to be better fathers, better mothers, better husbands, better wives, better leaders, better all? How many want to be better? Amen? So those are things that are never going to stop. We're not going to check that box off. But there are things on there that are going to be things we check off. And so I want to give you some teaching this morning on how to do this. So he says, write the vision down and make it plain. And so you have to make sure you can read your own writing. I struggle with that sometimes. Amen. That's why I use a computer a lot of times. Because the thing is, is my writing was bad to start with, and it hasn't gotten better. It's just gotten worse. Is anybody else in that book, that you, that you, both that you've ever written something down, and you can't even read what you wrote? That's not good because no one's going to be able to help you except the Lord. Amen. Make it plain on tablets. Look at that. God was way prophetic with that, wasn't he? Some of you are literally making them on tablets. And that he may run who reads it. That's important, too, because when you make your goals, other people need to come behind you. We have a very simple vision in this church. It's right there. We reach people, we teach them, and then we send them. It's a very simple goal. Amen. So we need to work on that this morning, on understanding that what you write down needs to be plain to you. In other words, don't make goals that you go back and look at and go, what does that mean? What did I want to do with that? Make it simple. And don't have 50 things. Don't have 50 things on your list because you might not get to the first five. Make it simple. I think less than 10 is a good amount of goals. And, and, and make some physical, some spiritual, some financial, but make them all spiritual. Amen? So as we finish this, it goes on to say, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. I know that's not a fun, fun thing, but because it will surely come, it will not tarry. How many know if you write it down, it will come to pass? Amen? 
And then it finishes there in verse 4. Behold, the proud, his soul is not upright in him. But I want you to see this more than anything. But the just shall live by what? Faith. So there's that spiritual element. Father, in the name of Jesus this morning, speak to us. Anoint my words. Anoint this time of writing down goals, of writing things down that we want to see happen in our life. Teach us for a few moments how to see this come to pass. And Lord, let the spiritual realm of faith and the supernatural be at the top of our list, Father. And we bind every strategy of the enemy that would come against you doing this in our lives in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Let me give you a few steps in a moment, but I want to read another verse that's very important. Romans 4, 17. I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who believed. And it says, God, who gives life to the dead. How many of you now have to raise your hands on these things, but how many know there's things in our lives? I'm not talking about physical resurrection. There are things in our lives that are dead. Some need to stay dead. But there's also some, some dreams some goals, some things you've wanted to do with your life that are dead. And they need to be risen from the dead again. They need to be resurrected. I, I believe that there's a lot of people in here who have calls of God on their lives, who God has called you to do something. God has called you to go somewhere, to be used by God. And, and it's just dead right now. God can bring it back to life. Can anybody believe that this morning? And it says he gives life to the dead and calls. Watch this. Calls those things which don't exist as though they did. There's a spiritual realm there that I can speak something into existence that does not exist. I can believe for something that I cannot see. That is all what our faith is this morning, is being able to say, Lord, I can't see it. I can't feel it. I don't know where it is, but I know you're going to do it. And that is faith expressed. For example, you can say, I believe by faith that I'm going to see my child or my brother or my mom and dad or my cousin or whatever loved one serving God. They may not be doing it right now. They may be partying, living it up, doing dumb things that I used to do. But I believe by faith that I can speak those things that are not as though they were. Amen. There's a spiritual aspect and realm of faith. We can do that. You can do that. That's what this verse is telling us. And another one is in Hebrews 11.3. It's a great follow-up. It says, by faith, by faith we understand. This is, listen to this, that the frames of the world were made by what? God didn't use his hands. Like when this, 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 this pulpit was made and this platform I'm standing on and walls that we put in here, we grabbed, we grabbed tools and we grabbed physical sheetrock and wood and screws and we built it with our hands. God didn't build this world with his hands. He built it with his word. So if God can build with his word, he's telling us that we have power in our tongues. Amen. Now i got to be careful not to go on a different message here because that's a whole other message in itself. The power of life and death is in the tongue. And so there's a lot of things that we speak that are prophetic and that are good for our future, but there's also things that we can speak that can hurt our future because sometimes we live too much in the past. So we have to understand that this, this realm of, of the invisible, God wants us to see things in the spiritual that we can't see in the visible. Amen? So those are some really good things to think about. Now, as you start thinking about your, how many know goals are work? I didn't cuss. Amen? How many know goals are work? You have to work at them. They don't just happen. You have to put, put your feet to the ground and go with it. 
But the reason most people don't do goals is because they don't want to put the work in. And it's actually a crazy stat. I don't know what the today's is, but lately, not too long ago, the stat was 95% of people don't write down goals, don't make goals. 95%. That's a lot. And then how many know you see these people that are successful, whatever it is that you think is successful, could be business, could be sports, could be a marriage, could be whatever. You see them successful, and you want their success, but you don't want the work. And it's, it, this stat goes on to say that the 5% that make goals are some of the highest earning, most successful people in the world because they're willing to make sacrifices and they're willing to put time in of preparation. Nothing successful, nothing lasting happens without work. Amen? But so as I'm saying this, how many, somebody say balance. The balance is, I'm going to give you some tangible, real things you can do to make your goals work. But you have to have the spiritual realm of faith around it. If you do this without faith, you're just like someone in the world. There are people in the world who make goals and they fulfill them and they don't have God involved at all. But if you Matthew 6.33 everything, then God will do amazing things. And Matthew 6.33 says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all the things that you need will be added unto you. Amen? Shake the person next to you and say, wake up. A lot of you need this. All you guys must have been at a party last night. I know you're in the spiritual realm, and you're probably trying to see things, but I hear you snoring. Amen. Okay, ready. Step number one. This is important. you got to know where you're at. If you're going to go somewhere, you got to know where you're at right now, okay? Determine your position. Am I in a good place? And am, I, am I in a bad place? Am I going forward? Am I going backward? Am I advancing? Am I retreating? you got to figure out where you're at. That's a good place to start. Where am I at? Where's my position? Genesis 24.1 says, Abraham was now old and well advanced in years, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. you got to know where you are before you can know where you're going. Amen? How many understand that? You can just know right now, immediate answer, if I asked you, how you doing spiritually? How you doing with your walk? You, be, you could say right away, I'm, I'm doing good, I'm struggling, I'm whatever. You're going to know where you're at. And if you don't, you've got to figure that out, okay? Because if you don't know that you're in a bad position, you'll never change. Number two, this is very important. You've got to be specific. Be specific. Specific. You've got to say things exactly how you want them. And I'm going to put myself on blast. This is one of the things I struggle with the most. I do. I struggle with being specific in my prayers. Part of it is because I have a faith that God's got it all worked out. And I don't stress over it. But I really believe that God challenges me a lot to be more specific in my prayers. And I'm going to show you that this morning. So in order to get where you want to be, you need to be able to describe what you want. There's a really good example in Genesis 24. A lot of my examples are in Genesis 24, verse 3 and 4. Abraham is, is praying for the, his, his son's wife. I prayed every single day. I may have missed a few, but I mean almost every single day of my daughter's lives for their future husbands. I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed every day. He's praying for his, for his son's wife. And he's specific. He says, I swear by the Lord and the God of heaven and the God of earth, 
that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. But you shall go to my country, go to my family, and take a wife for my son Isaac. So he knew who he did not want his son to marry. He knew who he wanted his son to marry. And so here's an example. I just said a few minutes ago, you're praying for a loved one? You can pray, Lord, save him. Lord, save that person. And that's great. We want them to get saved. But do you just want them to get saved? Or do you want them to get saved and do amazing things for God? Do you want them just to get married? Or do you want them to marry an amazing person? Do you want them just to have a job? Or do you want them to have a great job? Do you want them to have a, a marriage? Or do you want to have a great marriage? Y'all following me? So you got to be specific on what you want. And specific in your details and your goals. So, because God is a God that's very specific. So you'll never reach a vague goal. The more general it is, the less power it has. The more specific it is, the more power it has in your life. Ask yourself these four questions. I'm going to go a little slower because someone missed one after the first service. What do I want to be? What do I want to be? I'm not talking necessarily about an astronaut or a police officer or a fireman. I'm talking more about in God. What do I want to be? What do I want to do? Maybe that is your career, your profession. What do I want to have? And then here's the big one. Why do I want it? Why do I want it? You know, you, I, I, could go, I could go another message right here, but I'm not going to. There's a whole bunch of things I could say right here about just things, general things in life. What, should I do this? Should I not do that? I, every time you're going to do something, you should have a reason why, a motive, and you should ask yourself why you want to do it. Okay? Like I said, I'm not going to sidetrack and go off on another message, but does that make sense? Our motives are very important to God. And back to Matthew 6.33 and, and fulfilling his will, when my goals are focused on glorifying God, God's going to be in the mix. It's just that's just for sure. Okay? He's gonna be in, in it. Now, as we look at this and you think about motives, I want to go to the next one, which is number three. We need to look to God's promises. These are steps, okay? These are steps in fulfilling our goals. Not just writing them down. Hopefully you've already written them down. These are steps to fulfilling them. Genesis 24-7 says, The Lord brought me from the land of my relatives to this land, and he has solemnly promised me that he would give this land to my descendants. How many know that God's promises are yes and amen? Has anybody had God promise him something? Amen? Maybe it's straight from the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's his word. But he's promised you something. Stand on that promise. Believe that promise. Resurrect that promise from the dead. Amen? I've had to do that over the years in things of the ministry, things that I've, I know the Lord spoke to me and then they hadn't happened. And I'm like, God, I, just want, I need to remind you. You know, it's been a long time. And at the same time, I'm saying, but I understand your timing. I, it's going to come when you want it to. But I just want to remind you, remember that promise you gave me? We need to do that to the Lord. There's over 7,000 promises in the Bible. And so here's an example. I know many people here have kids and children, maybe grandchildren that are not serving God. So again, you can say, Lord, save my kid, and that's good. Or you can go to the Word, and just here's an example, and say, Lord, your Word says in Proverbs 22.6, 
that if I train up my child in the way that he should go, when he's old, he will not depart from it. And so you quote his word to him. Go find those promises. There's 7,000 of them. And go put those verses by your goals. Go use those verses for your goals. Say this, God, your word says. I, I promise you God loves it when you quote his word to him. I promise you. Because remember, that's what formed the earth. That's what formed the heavens was his word. His word. And so when you use his word, you're going to see God's word fulfilled. Amen? And so this is going to sound weird. Don't take this wrong. The size of your God this morning determines the size of your goals. That doesn't mean we believe in different gods. It means how big is God to you? Would everybody in here admit that not everybody sees God the same way? God, we don't all see God as the supernatural, omnipotent, powerful, all-knowing, nothing impossible God that he is. A lot of times we limit God. And so if you're limiting God, your goals are going to be limited. But if you say, God, there's nothing you can't do, then your goals are not limited either. So the, the size of your God determines the size of your goal. And godly goal starting always starts with the promise. So don't look, listen to this, don't look at your limitations, look at God's promises. Because that's what's going to keep you from fulfilling your goals. You're going to say, well, I can't do this, or I don't have that, or I, I can't do this, or I can't. You're going to put limitations. Don't focus, we all have limitations. Don't focus on your limitations. Focus on what God said. How many have read your Bible and see that everything God ever did was out of the limitations of people? Nothing was ever in their human ability. And so there's, a, again, a supernatural realm that we've got to walk in if we want to see these things happen. I want you to write this in your notes. It's according to your faith. It's according to your faith. You know what's happening in my life? What's according to my faith. You know what's happening in your life? What's according to your faith. What did Jesus always tell people when he healed them? According to your faith. You're healed. That centurion, when he when he, he said God, he said he said, Lord, my my servant is is sick. And he says, but you don't even have to go to my house if you'll just speak the word. And God said, it is done, as you have spoken it. And the Bible says that at that very hour, he looked at that watch. He says, it's 12 o'clock right now. And he says, when I got home and I asked, hey, servant, uh, servants, what, what happened? When was he healed? They said, right at noon. Because that's how his word works. Amen? And so it's, it's a specific faith in God according to your faith, he says, these things will happen. Number four, this is big. Believe that God wants your goals fulfilled. Believe it. Actually believe that God wants you to have a house if that's what you want to buy. That believe that God wants you to have a, a, a better job if that's what you want. Believe that God wants you to win 5,000 people to Christ this week, this month, this year. Any of those will work, amen, if that's what your goal is. Whatever your goal is, believe that God is a partner with you. Again, as long as it is according to his will, then it's going to happen. Amen. Don't have on your, on your goal list today that I'm going to win the lottery. Because God's not going to partner with you on that. Amen. Y'all following me? So you can write things down, but that don't mean God's good. If you want God to partner with you, you've got to write things down on your goal sheet that he's going to be alongside you with. Genesis 12, look at this. 
Verse 2, I will make you a great nation. So he's saying, I'll make you great. Do you believe this morning that you're great? Do you believe that God wants you to be great? Not in a prideful, boastful way, but to give God the glory. He says, I will bless you. Do you believe God wants to bless you? He says, I'll make you your name great. How many want your name to be spoken and good things to be spoken about your name? Come on. You don't want people, oh, name, no, your name great. He wants to make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. How many want to be a blessing? I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Listen to this. When your success helps people, this is, if you don't get anything out of this whole message, get this sentence right here. When your success helps people and honors God, praying for success is not a selfish act. Okay? When your success honors God, praying for that success is not a selfish act. It is the means of a testimony. You're saying, Lord, give me this job. So again, I said it last week or the week before, uh, a lady in our church, she didn't want to be named because of her job and a situation, but she said she got two raises in three months. And she said, I'm so excited that I can tithe more. You, when you want to do things for the Lord and your motive, going back to motives, is that it would glorify God and honor God, he will do it because he wants to do great things. He wants his name to be exalted. He's just looking for places to be testimonies. Amen. And then this is a big one right here. Hebrews 4.16. We're still on number four. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace. We need to get to a place where we have a boldness going into God's throne. I know that in this place, lots of people, men and women, it breaks my heart, don't have relationships with their fathers or didn't have relations. That breaks my heart. Don't be jealous or mad or angry at me that I have a great relationship with my earthly father. I'm blessed. But I also understand that many people don't. But I want to give you an example. My earthly father, that I can call my earthly father anytime. He's watching right now. I can call him anytime. If there's anything that I need and have needed my entire life that he could do for me, he would do it. There's nothing he wouldn't give me. I can go over to his house and I can walk in his door without knocking. I can go to his fridge and grab something out of it without asking. I can go to his closet and grab a jacket if I want to, if it fits me, and not ask him. Because that's the relationship that I have with my Father. I want you to be able to see that you can have that kind of relationship with your Heavenly Father. Because that's the relationship He wants to have. He says, just like in the story of the prodigal son, everything I have is yours. That other brother got all mad. He said, you, you fatted the cow and you had a party and you gave him a ring. And the Father says, you have that every day. You can get it anytime you want. And that's the attitude that coming boldly to the throne room of grace is that when I need help, and it's not like I'm just going to go ask my dad for things all the time, and many times he doesn't have it. But if I need it, he will give it to me. And I can talk to him about anything. I can ask him anything. How many know you have that relationship with your heavenly father this morning? But the problem is how many times do we use it? We don't. Number five. 
This is important. Identify your barriers. Identify your obstacles. Why is this goal not coming to pass? Now, sometimes this is going to be the devil. Sometimes this is going to be resistance from the enemy because he doesn't want you to be blessed. That's there. Sometimes it's something we're doing. Sometimes it can be an attitude. That here, I mean, I could preach, so I could just go for another message right here. Sometimes it can be our attitude. Sometimes it can be uh, our, the way we look at things, our perspective, so many different things. But the truth is, there's barriers. There's things that's stopping you. And so you've got to stop and say, how come this hasn't happened yet? Why have I had, and I'm not talking about the be better father, better husband, but something you've been praying for that's attainable. Why hasn't it happened? What's, what's my roadblock? Are you doing insanity this morning? What is that? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting the same result. Every year, you write it down, and every year, but at the end of the year, it doesn't happen. There's, that some, there's some goal there. It's not happening. Why? Because you're, you're practicing insanity. You're trying to do the same thing every year, but you're not, you're not recognizing that's not working or this, is, this needs to be changed. Recognize the barriers. And here's the greatest way to do that, James chapter 1. Listen closely to me on this. If any lacks wisdom, how many lack wisdom this morning? All of us lack wisdom. We don't, we don't have all the answers. But he says, let him ask of God. Pay attention to me on this. This is important. He didn't say, let him ask somebody else. How often do we go to somebody and tell them our problems and tell them our situation and complain and murmur and whatever and, and never talk to God about it? We're all guilty of that. That's not the way it's supposed to be. God says, come boldly to my throne. God says, come and talk to me. I'll give you wisdom. If we go to man, there's nothing wrong. I'm not taking away totally that you can't be accountable. We should be accountable. Or confide in somebody or ask someone to pray with you. But how many times is God our last resort instead of our first option? How many times is he our spare tire instead of our steering wheel? Amen. We've got to ask ourselves that. And I believe it's more often than it should be. So he says, he'll give us liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. Watch what that next verse says. But let him ask in faith, in faith, without doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. How many don't want to live that life? Just always struggling, always failing, always falling. I want to be a rock. And the way we become a rock is we recognize those barriers and we say, God, show me. How many know if you ask God, he'll show you? All right, we're almost done. Number six. I'm not going to cuss here, I promise. Be patient. You have to have patience when it comes to goals. Some goals take a little time and some goals take a lot of time and you don't have control over it. Go back to Habakkuk 2.3. It says it's for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak. It won't lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Tell the person next to you, wait for it. I just preached recently, good things come to those who wait. Some of you, some of you think about a spouse. You think about young, young people that aren't married yet. Wait for the right person. Wait to have sex till you're married. Wait for those things. Don't get ahead of yourself. When you get ahead of yourself, you get bad things. And then, and then you wonder, am I with the right person? Some of you here right now are married, and you're thinking, am I with the right person? It's too late. 
Amen. You're married. You got to become the right person. And the person that's the wrong person is you. Amen. It's not the other person. It's me. It's you. We got to change. And so that's, that's very, very important is, is we're waiting for something. And then if we don't wait and we've made a mistake, the good news is God can fix that. If we get the right attitude, he can make your spouse the right person. He can make you the right person. Amen. You can't unscramble scrambled eggs. They're scrambled. You got to eat them. You can throw some cheese on, some sauce on, put in a tortilla, but you're married. Amen. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Nothing, listen, nothing great is ever accomplished without persistence and patience. Because in order to be successful, the truth is, and I'm not going to cuss here either, your dreams have to turn into work. You know, it's, it's, it's that balance again of, I believe that God can do this, but I got to work it. Right? Or some people, they, they work it, but they don't bring God into the equation. There's the balance. Everything I got to work, I got to put my hands to the, to the plow, but God is the one who brings the increase. And the last one is, last number seven is, get a team of support. Get accountability. Be accountable. That's what coming to church is, being accountable. Having somebody that will speak into your life. How many are thankful that you can come to church and be accountable? Have somebody who's going to help you try to make it. We're all in this together. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not easily broken. Now the greatest understanding of that scripture is the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit working together. It's also a great verse for marriage. But it's also a great verse for understanding that two people can do more than one. Two people, I, I said this in the first verse, can build something faster than one. But then I retracted it back. Because I realized if you're working with somebody else that doesn't know what they're doing, you're what, you can, it can be worse. Like if you're painting with somebody, and you man, we're going to paint this church really fast. But they don't know how to paint. You're going to have to go back and fix all the things that they didn't paint right. And then you're going to have to get all the paint off the floor. So it would have been better to paint it by yourself. But... You get what I'm saying. So I use the example digging a hole. Two people can dig a hole faster than one because anybody can push that shovel down. Amen? But y'all get what I'm saying, right? There's strength in numbers and there's strength in accountability. So to have your goals happen, we're, we're, we're fulfilling this goal as a church. I'm not doing it by myself and you're not doing it by yourself. We're doing it together. Everything we're doing is together. It's all a team effort. One, Af one African proverb I want to leave. Someone said they really liked this in the first service. If you want to go fast, go by yourself. But if you want to go far, go with others. Amen? The, the truth is, church, we, we have to, as a church, we have to learn to work together. This is one of the miracles of a church is working together for the, for the, with all different attitudes and backgrounds and cultures and thoughts and hurts, and we got to work together. And we have a saying in the fellowship that we run with the runners. So whoever's running, there they are, let's run. And some people sometimes get back behind. Some people stay behind. And other people catch up. 
but you can't like look back and wait. You got to keep going. If you're going to have your goals fulfilled this year, you got to go. And you got to say, whoever's with me is with me, but we're going. We're going forward. We're going to reach the lost. We're going to preach the gospel. We're going to change lives. And, and, and we're going to go as a team. But it takes teamwork. Right? How many know it takes teamwork? Success is never a one-man job. Now I want to give you one more verse to leave with, and we're going to pray. Isaiah 54, 12. This ties it all together. Enlarge the place of your tent. God is asking some of us, no, not some of us, all of us, to enlarge our tent. To enlarge our territory. It says stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. You know one, one goal I can tell you for sure you need to have on your list, and if it's not there you can make it, that your faith would be stretched. That your faith would be stretched. God is in the faith stretching business. Enlarge it. Don't spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. That means whatever you're doing good, strengthen that. Feed that. Don't stop doing that. There's something you're doing right. Keep doing that. You may look back and say, man, I made some mistakes last year. I did. Let that go. But the things you did good, strengthen that. And then look forward. Amen? Look forward. Father, in the name of Jesus this morning, help us to look forward. Help us to have a target we're looking at. Help us to have goals that, that Lord, are some attainable and some are unable un, un, to be done in our own power. Impossible. But with you, God, all things are possible. Lord, all across this congregation, speak to our hearts. Lord, I want to see every one of our people in this church have their goals fulfilled. And so do you. Especially, Lord, when they have to do with your will. Especially when they have to do with glorifying your name. Especially when they have to do with enlarging the kingdom of God. Oh, Jesus, we thank you for your presence that's here, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we thank you for speaking to hearts right now all across this place, for any person that's in this house or that's watching online or listening on the podcast, that you, you, you have goals, but your goal is not the most important goal this morning. And that, that number one goal we should all have, written or not written, is that I would make heaven my home. That I would spend eternity with God. That should be our number one goal. And today, if you don't know Jesus Christ, that goal is not attainable. But with God, with Christ, through Christ, through Him as the door, you can be saved this morning. You can be born again, and you can make heaven your home. How many people across this congregation, how many of you would be honest with God this morning and say, I'm missing the mark. Today I'm missing the mark. I'm not saved. If I die today, heaven would not be my eternal home. Just lift up your hand and put it right back down and say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I want to make heaven my home today. All across this house, young people, old people, middle in between, you ready? Are you ready? Do you know them? If you're watching online, we're going to pray with you in a moment. Is heaven your eternal destination. It can be this morning. It can be. Amen. I want us all to say this prayer this morning before we move into the next part of this service. I want you to say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your mercy. 
Thank you for calling me this morning, knocking on the door of my heart. Jesus Christ, I believe in my heart that you died on the cross for my sins and you rose from the dead. And my eternity is secure with you. I accept you into my life. And I ask you to be Lord, Master, and Savior. From this day forward, I will walk with you. Please forgive me for all my sins and wash me clean from my iniquities. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.